Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We're so pumped you're here with us, and we have got such a treat for you today. We have the author of Trying Softer, Andy Kolber, and she is coming at just the right time. Here we are heading into the holidays, thinking about relationships and how we exist in our circles and who we are and how we handle our stress and our emotions and what a perfect person to have. Ashley, how did you first find Andy? Because this is kind of a fun story. Totally. Well, I found her um, online on social media and then picked up the book Try Softer and really, really loved the book. And I especially feel like everything in the world tells you to try harder Mm. and do better and strive for more. Mm. And especially at the holiday season, even if people are not talking about achievements or success, they're wanting you to buy more things and do more things. And with all the seasonal pain that we experience, I think yeah. that this book is coming at a really good time for us. So, Andy, I'm really mm. glad that you wrote it. <laughs> Thank you. So, so powerful. So uh, tell us what what inspired you to write this? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's really a joy to be here. And thanks for just talking about and honoring the reality of what comes with things like the holiday season, you know? Um, Try Softer is really, um, has been this labor of love that, you know, I often say I began writing it really as sort of a love letter to my younger self. Mm. Uh, this, is, this is a lot of what I wish I would have known when I was like 20 years old. Um, part of my story is I have a history of complex trauma. Um, grew up with a lot of developmental Uh, attachment trauma, lots of experiences of unresolved, overwhelming um, experiences of pain. And so, you know, the way that I sort of survived that was was by learning to white knuckle through the world. And so, so with Try Softer, it's really, it started as a love letter sort of to my younger self. And over time, it evolved to gosh, this is what I wish I could give to anyone mm. who doesn't have the language and the resources to be able to really um, attend and pay compassionate attention to their story. Gosh, that's really a beautiful phrase to pay compassionate attention to your story. Maybe mm, yeah. we could just unpack that for a minute because I think that you know, all of us in light of our history and our past have to go through this process of acceptance and stepping out of maybe denial of the past or rage about the past or painful feelings or avoidance, whatever the things are from our past to have that compassionate take. Like, what is that bridge between Mm -hmm. whatever we felt about our past before and getting to that compassionate place? Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish it was a quick bridge. (laughs) Yeah, me Um, too, for the record. Yeah, no. And I just, I partly just say that to just normalize that this, I mean, I've been doing this work personally for something like 15 years. And I only just say that to give context to, um, it's it's normal 
for this to be a process to mm. to learn how to pay compassionate attention and and ideally we really learn this in our childhood we when we've experienced um, good enough parenting or caregiving we tend to internalize this posture um, of being with ourselves in a way where we're able to sort of have this view of like yeah I'm not perfect but you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm doing my best and, and yeah, I am lovable, you know, some things like that. But for those of us who maybe didn't have those experiences or had really significant um, experiences of overwhelm or disconnection or pain, that can interrupt that process. And so a lot of this journey is about reconnecting to our body, mm -hmm. uh, to our full self in a way that is doable, that's tolerable. Um, because, you know, by definition, trauma is overwhelming. So it's like we're trying to actually undo that story. We're trying to say, if that's what caused the pain, <laughs> then let's not, like, we can't heal it in the same way that it was caused. Right. So we actually have to try softer. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I just would say, you know, so much of this work is about almost like taking a second look, like saying, hey, if trying harder and beating yourself up your entire life hasn't worked, what if we just attempted or tried softer? Yeah, yeah. man, that's beautiful. That is so powerful. Talk a little more about managing stress responses. And I know that there's a lot to include in that, but what are just some practical ways that when that overwhelm pops up and I love how you describe trauma as really a, an emotion that hasn't been processed or an experience that hasn't been processed and it kind of stays in your body what mm -hmm. would you suggest in this season of just <laughs> languishing as Adam Grant calls it mm -hmm. um, in the season of languishing if you will what what would you recommend to kind of move uh, that trauma response through your body mm -hmm. yeah no great question I think you know, so really with both a stress response and a trauma response, what we're talking about is our nervous system. And every single one of right. us, whether you have a history of trauma or not, has a nervous system. And I think this is something we overlook. You know, I think especially in like yes, Christian circles. So and true. We're just like, oh yeah, you know, we, we spiritually bypass it. We, yeah. we bring in the toxic positivity. Here's your bow. <laughs> right. You know? Like, and like, let's just pretend this isn't happening, but there is no bypassing the nervous system. There's just, yeah. there's not. And so I think the first step is, if this is new to you, is just honoring that that's just a reality. You have a body, you have limits, and your body is going to give you information about when, the, when you're bypassing those limits. Um, so, you know, so that's really at its core kind of what a stress response is, that it's our body responding to the information of the moment and saying, this is potentially threatening or this is mm. requiring our body to adapt in a way that means we need to go into like our sympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. For those of us with trauma um, and a history of trauma, let's say that happens but uh, for lots of different reasons, we don't feel like we could resolve that stress. That's when we might go down into what is called more of a dissociative place. Mm. 
And so really the key with all of this, and you know, for folks listening, I unpack this a ton in TriSofter and I unpack it in the TriSofter guided journey. So just, just to know that, but what we're wanting to do is find practices and really people and spaces that help us come back to a place of sort of homeostasis. This is sort of what we would call the window of tolerance. And, and that's this place where we're really able to have access to our full self, yeah. meaning our whole brain and body is online. And so practices, you know, this is one that folks maybe have heard me talk about before, but really anything that allows us to get reconnected to our body is super important at the beginning. Like if you're just noticing the stress. Um, so that's, so grounding includes using your senses. Um, I, you know, I love to do things like if it's possible to, to go outside and to actually like feel the grass or like sometimes if I feel like I'm sort of trapped inside, I will literally put my hands under cold water and, and notice the sensation. Um, and basically part of what we're doing here is we're just, we're getting back into that window. Um, but as we're doing that, I think what we're, what we're really trying to do also is be aware of what are your, what is causing you to go outside into your stress response? Like, right. is it because maybe I need to say no to this person? Like they really want me to say yes. And I can, like, I can feel that, but my body is telling me, like, if I take on one more thing, <laughs> right is just not going to be doable. You know what I mean? Like I just can't. And so that would be like the second part, right? Is to respond to the actual need. Like maybe I need to set a limit. Maybe I need to eat some food. Right. <laughs> like, Simple. Like, yeah. Like maybe I need a hug, you know, right, like, right. like maybe I need to go on a nice long walk and like listen to some worship music and yeah. just know like I am not alone. There like there's not really a one size fits all. Right. I I was listening to this Mm -hmm. podcast yesterday with Brene Brown. And it's interesting to hear you talk about this because she talked about the nervous system at work. And Mm -hmm. it was in the context of receiving and giving feedback to your employees or from someone that you work for. And what does Mm -hmm. that look like when you receive feedback? And she talked about the reason behind their short feedback sessions. So they'll address something immediately in the moment because, you know, let's say something happens at the meeting, then afterwards they'll address it, you know, right then and just say, Hey, what, what time later would be good to talk about this? Because what happens when you're addressing feedback is the nervous system starts to go. So even if somebody is responding to you, either they get mad or they shut down or there's a smile on their face, but you know, like no one's home. (laughs) And she talked about, you can see when the nervous system has completely taken over their body. So in the context of like trauma responses, I just wanted to share this too, because I think that these things happen to us on a regular, like our body is always talking to us. Our body is always telling a story. Mm, and that's good. I just that's thought good. it was really great. You know, the way she said, that's why we schedule it later for the same day. We just have 30 minute window where we'll walk it back and talk through what happened at the meeting, talk through why the response was inappropriate or the thing that happened, we could do it differently mm. next time or whatever it is. And then she goes on to talk about how to affirm people and what that looks like. So you can have all these hard conversations, but the nervous system can stand between you being able to communicate with others or connect to them. And so it was just interesting, (laughs) right? So hearing you share, Andy, uh, because it's like, obviously we have 
these physiological things that happen to us because of the trauma that we've experienced. And that's where grounding techniques are helpful or reaching out to a friend or all these different things. But then also it's good to think about like, how does this show up in my daily life, in my friendships, in my workplace, in my faith community, in all the spheres that I'm in? How does this show up? Like my nervous system is talking to me. So anyways, I just thought that was a really cool connection. (laughs) I I just have to say, I feel like everyone listening just went back to their moment when they got pulled aside by their employer. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, I'm thinking of one. I'm like, my whole body just tensed up when you talked about that, actually, because I thought of the time. Let me share more because like very quickly. So she said what changed her life about this, um, Andy, is because, you know, she was saying that her response is exactly like that, Tiffany. Like in the past, that's what she would do. And she calls it her armor, like putting on her armor. Ooh, and so before the meeting, oh she would gosh. be like, okay, well, here's what's going to happen. They're going to be sitting across from me. They're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And she planned out the entire interaction. And what changed this for her is someone who knew how to disarm her and affirm her and like bypass that nervous system. So the very first time she experienced good feedback is from a professor who sat down with her at a circular table in her office. And instead of sitting across from her, she sat beside Brene. And the first thing she started talking to her about was how much she loved the paper that she wrote. So even though she had been harsh with her, she's like, the reason you got a the grade that I gave you is because you were using the wrong editing style and that will hinder you. But I think you should work on this and get it published. And she was like, wait, what? And so it was the <laughs> first time, you know, her body had this like reaction because someone approached her from the side of the table instead of across. And I do think mm. trauma, Andy, maybe this, you could speak more to this, but I think sometimes trauma makes us feel like everyone is out to get us. And you can feel like, you know, in this situation, this is how it has to go down. And the person on the other side is this, that, or the other, or we're terrified, like they must think this or that. And so we show up to, you know, perform like a circus monkey because we're worried that they think whatever. So yeah, I think it's just so interesting to think about what would it look like for me to be side by side in my relationships yeah. instead of across the table. So anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, and yeah. and going at it with that window of tolerance, like what brings you right. back. I love how you said places and people. That was right. your first That's answer cool. on that. And I was like, oh, that is something we can all get our grip on and be like, okay, what places and what people help light, lead me back to myself, you know, help That's me right. feel human again. I think that even if it's something as simple as running your hands under cold water, which I will definitely employ and report mm-hmm. back, everybody, I'm really excited to try that. <laughs> but just, yeah, getting outside. Um, whew, there's so many little things that I think we think aren't, a str- they're not like Tylenol extra strength, 500 milligram, therefore I'm not going to try it. <laughs> and there's so many things that can take the edge off to where we can just handle our day, handle our moment. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, no, such good application. I think, you know, Ashley, with your, with what you're saying with Brene, I think that's absolutely like, I think this is why for me, this is like something I feel like I've been like shouting from the, like, like it just, it changed my life Mm. to understand the role of our neurobiology. Yes. This is, this is part of what it means to be incarnational beings. Like this is a reality, you know, like Jesus lived in a body. Jesus had a nervous system. Like this is not um, separate from, this is like essential to what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. And, and I, that's, I think I love those examples and I love you know, so much of this work is, you know, going back to like both the example with Brene and then Tiffany, what you're talking about, like the places and people, 
One of the things I want to point out, because I think this really matters, and it's something I'm, I'm working on highlighting even more in my work as I move forward. One of the essential pieces of this is, is essentially it's, it's that it's communicating safety to our body. Yeah. This is the key. And so what I hear in that story with Brene is that her body was experiencing this professor. Um, there was enough safety right. in the way that she was being talked to, that she was being related to. She, her, this professor was communicating maybe a difficult truth, but 70% of communication is nonverbal. That's a big deal. So when the person we're communicating with, if that's a boss or if that's a pastor or if that's a therapist or if that's a parent, if 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 we learn in our own bodies how to be grounded, which is another way to say I'm in my ventral vagal, which is another way to say I'm experiencing safety, Mm -hmm. then I can offer that. Like I can offer that to those I'm interacting with with you know and so that's sort of what i hear in in this is that as each of us do this work this is what's so beautiful this is this makes me excited because i'm like this is what it kind of means i think one application of loving your neighbor as yourself right that we begin to do this work and then we are better able to offer it because we can talk all day about being safe but if our body is not communicating that to others, if like then then that's not truly something we can give. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. It's so important. I wrote in my first book, um, my body is my first truth teller. And I can actually Ooh. tell when, you know, my emotions and my like life is out of order or maybe a little chaotic or I'm overwhelmed by how my body is responding to the world and to people around me. And the more generous my posture and the more openness I am, the more I can recognize like, oh, okay, there's health in life. And the more mm-hmm. I want to, you know, curve inward and, you know, um, my fists feel a little closed and my natural responses lean towards anxiety or anger, then I know, okay, I'm not listening to my body. I'm not actually paying attention to what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we have to put in these guardrails for ourselves when it comes to how we're going to listen to ourselves, how we're going to listen to the people who are close to us who might also be able to see those things that we can't see when we're in the middle of a crisis or this collective grief that we've all been in for two years now, you know, Mm. somebody on Twitter was talking about how they're not excited for the junior year of COVID. And I'm (laughs) sad about that, but I also laughed hysterically. This is is the worst high school ever. Okay, like it's terrible. Let's hope senior year is going to be good. You know, like who knows? So I just prom's going to get canceled. Yes, everything. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's just really important now that we pay attention to ourselves. And mm-hmm. I've been saying no to so much more and I've, than I ever would even two years ago because I've had to just go, you know what, my capacity is not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm completely okay with that. Like it's it's an okay thing. It's okay to accept where you are. <laughs> That's to right. not be mad about it or, or beat yourself up about it or shame yourself or others for, you know, the things that we're all in. It's like everyone has to survive right now. And I think that's really important. Maybe you could speak to that. Like, what does it look like to manage our stress and to, um, mm-hmm. you know, be the kind of person who can relive or reorder <laughs> their life? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I just love what you're saying about, I mean, I think an essential part of this work is honestly just like honoring reality. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think so many of us, especially in, you know, American culture, <laughs> you know, Western Christian culture, there has been for a long time now this sort of like way of e existing in the world where we really say like, well, if you just... <laughs> If you just push a little harder, you know, right. like if and that is really praised. And, and I think that that invites people to go. It's not that hard work is bad. Hard work is beautiful. Right. But it should not come. It should not harm us. Right. Mm -hmm, and it right. shouldn't harm us just to exist in relationship with people. Right. And I think that's where that, that honesty piece, especially, I, you know, amen, like two, almost two years into COVID, like we need to have very honest conversations about the collective nervous system, the collective just exhaustion, mm -hmm. right, that we are carrying. It's normal that you would be less capable mm -hmm. and have less capacity right now. I certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly have so much less. And, you know, knowing how to be compassionate to yourself doesn't make you, doesn't mean like you're not going, like it's not going to be hard, but it might just give us more internal resources to say, you know what, it is hard. So how am I going to navigate it in a way that allows me to not all the time have to be white knuckling it. Right. That allows me to move toward experiences that do nourish me. Like, I think these are the kinds of questions that are going to continue to be essential mm. because we don't have unlimited capacity. Right. right. I mean, we are finite. Something I always say, I'm like, we are both finite and resilient. Mm -hmm. And those things exist in this, like, you know, this, this dichotomy. Like, absolutely, we're, we're resilient. But that can only be really true if we also acknowledge how fragile we are. And so, you know, going to your question of, of how do we manage stress? I mean, I think... You know, I give definitely so many ideas in TriSofter and the guided journey, but I think a lot of it is learning to tune in. Tune into what is giving you some life right now. Like, yeah. where is it that you can take a full exhale? Like, where is it that you are like, man, I feel like myself? You know, what are the things that you're like, you know, this might be hard, but it feels like the right heart because I think as we continue, that's going to be so necessary in order to not go into a full burnout state. Mm. Um, I want to, I want to speak to that. I was having a conversation with a friend recently and he was telling me that, uh, you know, especially in some faith circles, there's this idea of because, it's hard, therefore it's sanctifying, therefore you must stay in it. And mm -hmm. really it can be that, that statement or that, that thought, train of thought mm -hmm. could be so abused because <laughs> you could end up putting yourself in a place that's really harmful, whether it's a 
marriage or a, you know, a, a work environment or somewhere that you're like, no, I'm staying because this is sanctifying mm. me. This is purifying me. Ugh, yeah. And in reality, but, but so many people live by that is the honest yeah. truth. And so the idea that like, actually you deserve safety, not stress, mm. I think is, is, and not that God isn't going to use every inch of our lives to sanctify us. There's plenty of ways we could be mm-hmm. sanctified. Yeah. Me sitting at a stoplight is enough to sanctify me. <laughs> <to be honest>. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing those dot, dot, dots when well, my husband's at the grocery store when I need him to pick up some more coffee is enough to sanctify. No, I know. I have clearly limited bandwidth and I'm, I'm, I'm aware. But my point here is. I think, what would you say to those people who feel mm. like, no, I need to stay in this hard thing? Or, you know, I think especially after Pray Tell, so many women coming to me feeling like mm. it was their job to bleed for the men in their lives. It was their job to overwork for the men in their lives mm. because they were honoring God unto the Lord. I will, you know, work or serve or lead mm. or be with this man who abuses his power. So oh, yeah. I would I would love as we close out here, how mm-hmm. could you speak to that of what does it mean to be resilient and not be played, I guess is where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what is coming up in my mind as you hear, as I hear you talking about that. Is that, um, you know, those types of experiences? Like, if you've been socialized to, for example, be disconnected from your body, to shame your body, to think that. God's posture towards you is like, hey, when you do this for me, then I'll be happy, um, Ooh, yeah. right? Like, there's all these. Uh, I think narratives that people can be given. Um, and I think those easily get weaponized and like, ooh, but so look how, um, how, look how faithful you are for allowing yourself to be abused, right? And so what exactly, I would, Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and so first I just wanna say, if someone's hearing that and that's their story, um, I just honor you. What a, what a hard thing that is. And, and it's so painful to unwind that because, you know, probably you just really do so much want to honor God. And I, I just think, you know, I, I see that. And I see that in so many people. But this is where I think it matters that we understand our neurobiology, right? Mm. So going back to this framework of the window of tolerance, um, th- this is how I delineate ha- like hard work from like white knuckling, for example. Because mm. what I would say is... Allowing yourself to experience abuse is probably you having to go up into a white knuckled or a dissociative place because how can that not be overwhelming? How can you not feel disconnected from your body like in order to survive that, right? Because you're you're trying to navigate it and your body doesn't ask for permission. It just is like, okay, I'm going to help you survive. So what I would say is, is if is when our body gives us the information that like, I'm having to go, um, my heart is racing, um, I wanna run away, I wanna fight, I, um, I don't feel like I'm in my body anymore, I feel disconnected. These are all signs that this is more than hard work. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Hard work. I can stay like I've I've done a lot of good hard work in my life and I'm proud of that hard work. Um, But I can stay with myself Mm. when I'm working hard. Right. And I believe that that's God's desire for us. Again, we are incarnational. We are made for wholeness. God is a God of shalom, which Mm -hmm. is wholeness and integrity. There is an alignment there. 
And when we're in situations that cause our body either explicitly or implicitly that we have to sort of leave ourselves to survive it, then that is a gigantic red flag. Right. That's beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. I love that. Listeners, ask yourself, how are you doing? How is your body doing? How is your body responding? Are you disassociating or are you leaning in and proud of your body? I think even just hard work, I think of like even just physical labor. And this is something Ashley and I have talked a lot about recently. Of She's been a longtime worker outer and I am not, quite frankly. And uh, she's like, <laughs> Tiffany, it helps move stress through your body. I'm like, why am I just now learning this? Like, why am I just now seeing the connection between exercise of just being in my body and connecting with my body? And um, it's been beautiful. And I'm, you know what? Y'all probably already knew. Listeners, I know you already knew. I'm just, I'm a, I'm, I'm a learner. I'm a learner. I'm, I'm going to own that. But, uh, but the point being of, one, you are so proud of yourself after. You're so proud of your work and what you've done whether it's physical labor, whether it's manual, you know, mental labor, whether it's emotional labor when you're in your body, but the other, you feel broken, you know, mm-hmm. you feel like you're in pieces and being able to identify um, and differentiate those. So, oh, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. This yeah. has been so beautiful and so practical. Mm-hmm. Um, look for those people and places that ground you and keep you in your window of tolerance. What a takeaway. Mm-hmm. We're so thankful. And you guys go check out the guided journey of trying mm-hmm. softer. And I love this, Andy, because you know what? Not all of us have access to mental health um, resources. Right. And this yep. is a way that we can really take a first step toward looking at ourselves and looking at our journey, where it's gone wrong, what, what, what needs to change and what we can do. And mm. I'll say this, as I read Trying Softer, I journaled through the whole thing. Um, mm. So I kind of made my own little makeshift journey. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to checking out your guided journey mm. um, to lead me through that. So listeners, we're so grateful. So, so, so grateful for you. And we're going into the holidays. We're with you. We're with yeah. you. We're here for you. We see you. Uh, reach yeah. out if there's if there's any questions. We are our hardest for you. It's our honor to shepherd you, love you, and serve you each Thursday. Any last words, Ashley? I got nothing. We're grateful for you guys, and thank you, Andy, for for being with us today. And we'll see you guys right back here next week. <laughs> see you then. Bye bye. Hey, listeners! Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.